you know, shady setup for my for my ears. Uh, although uh, uh, we're live whenever you guys want to go. Oh, we're we're going, baby. We've been going. To quote to quote uh, uh, Brett Venables, we're blowing and going. The the, <laughs> the fire hose is inserted. We are and pumping we, and dumping. And we, and we're pumping and dumping. Um, Have you guys now, been Tyler, talking before this? Because it just said the recording oh, yeah. just started. Okay, well, <laughs> we're live. We, 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 we've Welcome missed some to gold. Saturday Night Live. All right. We've yeah, there, missed some serious gold. There's some serious gold that has been missed. But you know what? That's <laughs> when you're panning for gold. You can't get them all. And so. You know, Tyler, you mentioned, so for those that don't know, Tyler has another, you know, all of our real listeners know, now Tyler has a, another podcast where he gives out specifically advice and picks for gambling, uh, sports betting daily, go and listen. It's under the Woos Media umbrella, of course. Um, we, he just wrapped up, you know, giving up his picks and we were here on the call. And so we were there, first of all, honored to be on the sports betting <laughs> daily pod. Um, now what you did is, uh, it would, in my opinion, is reckless. And maybe I watched too many crime shows and movies, yes. but you just announced for the whole world that your hands were covered in gasoline. <laughs> and I'm not accusing you of anything because I know you're not the, the arson type, but here's the problem is that you just put yourself on tape for the whole world. And now you could be framed. If someone were to go oh, light a house on fire near you, uh-huh. um, you could just easily be framed and all the evidence would be right there that you, you announced that your hands were covered in gasoline. Well, I, I have uh, an alibi for where I was. And the second thing is my hands no longer. Mm. Well, I kind of get this like little faint smell. So it's almost completely gone. It smells but, good. But you know what the, I, the- what I did is, is I looked up online and you got to use dishwasher detergent and salt. And then you scrub with those. Salt. Yeah, isn't that weird? And then you scrub. And look, yeah, I huh. found it online, so of course it's got to be true. But yeah, it's so, definitely true. So that's what I did, and it smells. I think it smells. The best way to get rid gone. of it is to light your hands on fire. Oh, and then just hey, put, <laughs> and then just put them out real quick. <laughs> it's Sunday morning. Ryan's on fire. Burn it with fire. <laughs> now we know who the real arson is. Actually, <laughs> exactly. if, there, if there are houses burned down, we know it's really Smitty. Yeah, can, can we cut that in post, please? Uh, no, mm-hmm. cut that. No. Got that, nope. got that. Um, so we, uh, we're back. We're back. We're, of course, from home on our Sunday uh, episodes. Week four was a good one. We had a lot of good games. We had some, uh, some, some wild ones, some upsets. Um, I'd like to start off by saying rough day for football in the state of Colorado. Oh, we just, goodness. The, yeah. I, CSU and CU are a combined 0-4, I think, or 0-6. What are they? 0-6, yeah. yeah I, I'm pretty sure 0-6 against or the maybe spread. maybe 0-8. Yeah, they could be 0-8. This was week four. I mean, why, I don't know. Why, this is a national show. Why are we talking about two of the worst teams in the country right now? Well, I just want to say, like, it's good to get a, you know, look, the people still want to have their finger on the pulse of the nation. And so, <laughs> uh, and so for, you know, for those of you that might be concerned about the, the about state the of Colorado college football, it's not good. I mean, I guess Air Force is solid, but they, they already have a loss in their record. Morale is the lowest it's been in, in like a decade. It's not That's good. That's right. Yeah. We are screwed, to quote Michael uh, Scott. Um, <laughs> we are screwed. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we had a good day. We, uh, we'll go chronologically, and we can start with Michigan-Maryland. So, first of all, uh, my pick was was so wrong with that. Um, I'm glad I needed this game as a Michigan fan. I needed, uh, to, I needed to be reminded of who Michigan is and that last year was more of an aberration from, you know, uh, from the norm. And I'm not saying that Michigan is bad all of a sudden, but I needed a reminder game like, hey, you know, maybe we're not like the fourth best team in the country. Maybe we are. I don't know. I don't know what the, the it's hard to know. But to have that game where I was like, there were a lot of parts of that game where I was like, oh, Michigan's going to lose this game. They look they look like shit. Um, 
I think that it was less about Michigan. Look, Michigan's really, really good. I think it was kind of a surprise. Maryland is underrated. Like Maryland Interesting. is, Very. And, and, and I think going back after the fact, it's always easy to say, right? Because they kept it so close. The easy thing to say is, yeah, Maryland looked really good, and Michigan blew. But I, I think that Michigan just got caught a little bit. If they played again, I think that spread is pretty accurate. And well, maybe you, you downgrade a little bit, or you you uh you downgrade the spread a little bit, two or three points, because. Again, I think it comes back to Maryland being a lot better on the line. That's where they they're surprising a lot of people this year. Like like everyone talks right. about about uh, Tonga Viola, but the line is very good. I I can't wait to get some of these stats that and, and a lot of the advanced stats I like to use don't come out till like Monday or later in the week. But um, I, I have a feeling that their line's doing a lot of good things, playing efficiently, and and so let's look at Maryland. I mean, as as being way way improved and yeah, see. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I hope. I certainly hope that this is more a, a factor of Maryland's offensive line is great because like Michigan couldn't get a pass rush and that's yeah. really concerning. And like to me, that was the biggest thing where Michigan's defense, uh, if they can't if they can't get a pass rush against real teams like Ohio State's going to going to light them up at the end of the year. Well, that's actually a good point. I'm not so sure that's not the case. Yeah. What are you saying? And well, Joel Klatt said during the uh, the broadcast yesterday that that, uh, that Maryland's offensive line has a combined 90 starts between the five of them. Okay, so I hope. I mean, if if it's just they have a good offensive line, then that makes me feel a little better. But also, I would hope that Michigan would be able to create some pressure against a good offensive line every now and then. Well, well, well and uh, there was none of that. But my point isn't really that they have like an elite offensive line. I think they're very good right. and, and improved as a team compared to where we thought they were going to be. But right. like, if they did struggle with that offensive line, clearly they're going to need to make some adjustments before they face some other offensive lines in the in the big. Big Ten. Yeah, and and I shouldn't overreact to it. Like, I I don't want to be a complete, like, skies falling type thing. Like, Michigan last year almost lost to to Nebraska. They really struggled against Rutgers early on, and so – they they can they have a ton of time to improve and be a better team by the end of the year. But but, but I get um, it. I, I look. I understand because this is the point in the season. We we go through these different different kind of like waves of things during the season, different chapters. Mm-hmm. And early on, it's that we have no information. We're learning about these teams now. We're starting to get really important games, really important data points, and it's like we're learning a lot about teams. And so I, I you know it's somewhere in the middle. I don't think that we should completely ignore it because they could have dominated that there's a reason the spread was only a couple points away from the Ohio State Wisconsin spread, which was clearly right. you know watching that game back. So we're learning a lot about these teams. So it wasn't a great look for Michigan. You would obviously prefer that 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 they look better, but I think the way you opened it up saying maybe it was a good thing, maybe it was. Maybe it was a wake up call and we see a really angry Michigan team next week. But I think, you know, Again, you're exactly right that the defense, the defensive line and their pass rush is the one thing we need to watch for. Like that's the that's the for sure. make or break factor for them. Yeah, definitely. And and you're right. Like, uh, you know, those are the kind of games where when it's ugly, it's just like, hey, just get a win and keep moving and hope that that, that it's not like, a, you know, a sign uh, of things to come. Right. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Ohio State, Wisconsin. So we went one on one on the bet board and both of us, both of our losing picks were off by like a like a mile. It wasn't even close. <laughs> I don't know if we've had that many very close bet board games this year. It seems like they're all. That's a yeah. That's a good point. You know, but um, so Wisconsin, Wisconsin gets demolished by Ohio State. That was a 19 point spread. Ohio State wins by. And at one point, I think they were up like 28 to nothing. Yeah, it was. Um, and so they they win by 31. They they cover by a mile. And then of course I pick Michigan State, and and Minnesota goes in and just destroys them. And so 
Yeah, well, I mean, so, like, so like let, I said, both of our winning picks were were on, and both of our losing picks were terrible. Let, let's talk about the uh, Ohio State Wisconsin game first. Uh, I think yeah. that my handicap was off there. I, I overestimated the ability for those those new players in the secondary to impact that secondary. They've shown it so far, but obviously Ohio State's a different animal. Um, and, and I think that we do downgrade a little bit that defense. But again, when, yeah. when you decide who it was, it was way more Ohio State. And what I just said about Michigan, <laughs> that we now have that kind of data point, that new game. I know it's sort of like hyperbole to use that, that, those like, whatever. What, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a new yes. thing we've learned about them. And what we learned about Ohio State is, okay, that offensive line made Wisconsin look like a bunch of little bitches. They were just, I mean, <laughs> I, I told, I was talking to Ryan about this last night saying, you know, pretty much the same thing. What they should, what they could have done, Ryan Day could have called a quarterback, uh, or excuse me, a halfback, you know, off tackle, halfback sprint, whatever it is, you know, over and over. They would have got five, seven, five. Right. They yeah. could have just done that all game long. It was not even yep. close. I, the, the way I put it is, uh, what I say, it, it, uh, Ryan, it looks like uh, they're playing each other on Madden, and one of them forgot to switch to all Madden, and they're still playing on all pro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like that's what it looked like for Ohio State. It wasn't even close, and so. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, some handicaps are, are right there. I think if they play it again, that thing opens up, you know, maybe because it closed, what, 19 and a half? Yeah. I think it opens closer to 20 and a half, 21 if they play again. We're looking at three For touchdowns. Sure. Wow. And like, yeah. you know, look, that was kind of my point with my breakdown is like, you know, Wisconsin, like typically, like they just, they're not a team that, that is going to have the talent that Ohio State will ever, they're never going to be that team. And so right. there, there are versions of Wisconsin that could slow down an Ohio State team like this, but like not this one, because we saw Ohio State like lose to Washington State. And like, we, we just don't even know what Wisconsin is at this point still. And so, well, well and Wisconsin and Iowa are very similar in the fact that um, they're not going to score a lot of points that yes. they, they, they want to play in a phone booth. And, you know, when they, when, the opposing team gets up, you know, a couple scores on them. The game's pretty much over because they just don't have the firepower. Like you said, they just, they just don't have the same type of athlete on, on, on their team. Well, and if you yeah. remember last week, part of my handicap was Graham Mertz so far. He was fifth in efficiency in the country coming into this game. And uh, CJ Stroud was number two, but we expect that. But I thought he w- he had made the, the adjustments, you know, but he did the whole Graham Mertz thing. And it's funny, these quarterbacks that you think, they take the offseason, they learn. It's like Bo Nix, Graham Mertz, these guys who shoot themselves in the foot and really put them teams their, their, their teams in a bad spot. They keep making those mistakes. And um, can, can we come up with a new uh, a new word? Can we say he mertzed when they end up? Uh, <laughs> he mertzed it. Is that okay? Can we, can we put that in our, uh, in our vocabulary here? Yeah, I mean, look, here? I, I think that, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's... I, look, I love the idea of creating a word based off of him, but I don't know if he's so bad that he deserves it. You know what I mean? I don't even know if, if like Bo Nix like could nix it. Well, you know, but, although but nix, nixing it works. <laughs> that's already a word. <laughs> that's already <laughs> exactly. It. So it'd have to be so, like but, like bowing it or like he grabbed it. He, I, I have he, to work well. He merged it. No, you're right. He merged it. Merged it. It's a good one. It's like mushing a bet. He merged it. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, look, didn't look good for the Badgers. Um, and with how good we can move on to the other bet board game with how good Minnesota looks. Yeah. It's not looking great for the Badgers chance to win the big 10 okay. uh, West at this point. Okay. Well, that's certainly the case. Minnesota looks like the best team right now, but you know, let's do the whole, which team was it? Uh, I think this was pretty equal. Minnesota looks very good. This was the very first good. game where we really got to see them against a, what is perceived to be good line, but that's, that's where I go back and forth in, in the 50, 50 thing. I think I want to be very clear about this. My, disdain for Mel Tucker does not 
impact my you. opinion on it. It can't. Otherwise, it's going to affect my bank account. You know what I mean? Like, I can't have these opinions at least bleed into my this show or what I do, betting, things like that. But I, I you tell me, Will, you, do you think it's a little overrated what his expectations are at Michigan State? Like, he has well, never really done it. He, he didn't have a winning record at Colorado. He got a lot of recruits. He's doing the same thing. At he was Michigan only State. there for like one year, right? Well, exactly. But, I mean, the winning record wasn't there. But people were impressed because he was the next big thing. He did kind of get Colorado on the map in terms of a lot of big recruits. They got Jerry Rice's son to come. They got right. Alan McCown at that time to come. A yeah. lot of a lot of transfers, a lot of four stars, which CU usually doesn't get. And so that is what, what Michigan State paid him for. But he hasn't won yet. Like, we haven't seen him be... We always talk about Jimbo Fisher, great, great recruiter. How does he do in the X's and O's? Like, uh, Nick Saban, he can do it all. Some coaches... Dabo Sweeney, great X's and O's, questions recruiting. I, I don't know if if... Mel Tucker can put together a, a, a staff around him that can win 10 games a year consistently. I still have a lot of question marks about that. Well, yeah, I mean, is, is there something to say about the Saban effect? The Saban effect? Uh, well, here's what I would, I would say. Hashtag Tuck coming, first of all. Um, secondly, uh, no, no, yeah. I mean, look, bad, bad weekend for, for Mel Tucker and Michigan State. Like, you're right. We haven't seen a lot. I mean, yeah, at one point last year they had, he did have Michigan State ranked in the top five before they got, you know, demolished by... Uh, well, before they lost to Purdue or before they got – no, they, they were top five, I think, when they lost to Ohio State last year, but they got demolished. And so they, they clearly weren't a top five team, but they had that ranking. Um, but we've talked about it so many times, like how, you know, it's hard to measure luck in football, but you can. And they were kind of a lucky team when it came to close wins last year, so maybe they didn't deserve – you know, that kind of record. Uh, he clearly is good at recruiting and, and getting guys in the transfer portal. Yeah, so sure. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to, I mean, yeah, maybe it was reckless for Michigan state to give him a 10 year, $95 million fully guaranteed contract after just one year. I don't know. Um, but I still, you know, I mean, he, he's proven it in some games, right? I mean, he's upset Michigan now. I'm not twice. saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying his right. expectations were, He's going to be the one to take Michigan sure. State to the level of Michigan and Ohio State, and I don't think that's right. Really I mean, I think Penn State's a lot closer than there in the Big Ten than totally than agree. Michigan State is right now. Totally agree, and and yeah, I mean they they got worked by Minnesota, and the thing that impressed me most on Minnesota is that their defense was amazing. I mean, they made they made Michigan State's offense look terrible. Uh, Michigan State was even able to move the ball against Washington last week. Uh, but this week there was none of that, and right. so you by know, the way, Minnesota- I, I just looked at their schedule last year. Uh, Michigan State, their first loss last year was against Purdue at Purdue, forty twenty nine, and yep. then two weeks later they lost to Ohio State. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah so. and so I, I mean, I, I we talked about it when we broke down the Big Ten this year in the preseason. Like we thought that they would regress. We thought that this was a team that would you know, kind of come back down a little bit. Now, where they end up at the end of the year, I don't know. All I know is that Peyton Thorne looks terrible. Their defense is terrible. And so they're going to have to figure out something, especially on on the offensive line and in the defensive secondary, if they're going to want, you know, if they're going to be able to compete uh, in, in the Big Ten period uh, the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, though. Uh, again, we got to give them a lot of credit. You talk about For a sure. dominant offensive defensive line. A team yep. that is playing so... In the style sharp. that PJ Fleck wants, and like he know, yeah, exactly yeah. sharp. They they're not making mistakes. Yep. They're where they need to be. Everyone knows, like that is a very well coached team. I would be so happy as a as a Minnesota fan right now. Like as long as Go PJ Fleck's not going anywhere, they're 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 rowing that boat. Which I made fun of the row the boat thing for a while. 
I mean, now it's kind of cool, isn't it? <laughs> Roll the boat, go gophers. Well, yeah. well, it's amazing what winning does to, to for that big well, game and, next week against Purdue, and then they have their bye week. So, and Tanner Morgan was incredible. I mean, he was basically flawless. He was twenty three for twenty six, had two hundred seventy yards and three touchdowns. Muhammad Ibrahim, who's their star running back, like oh, he was incredible. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, they they fully demolished them on the road, and. Uh, so for sure, hats off to Minnesota. They're, they'll for sure be a top 25 team when the new AP rankings come out. And they should be, I mean, maybe like a top 15 team, honestly. Uh, nickname. Nickname request. Let me know if it's taken. Ibrahim the Dream. Is that a thing? Um, well. <sighs> well, you don't like I mean, it. well, I, I don't like when anyone takes the dream because to me, that's just like, that's Hakeem. Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. Like, mm. And so... If I mean I don't yeah, I don't hate it because any rhyming name is great and so I don't hate it but but, but there um, is the dream yeah I, I, I hate it because as a Broncos fan it just makes me think of Raheem Moore <laughs> <laughs> all right what about the scheme what about the scheme Ibrahim <laughs> the scheme yeah. <laughs> yeah I like that dude all right all right we're we're coming we'll up with stuff today we, we got we got merged it and then Ibrahim the scheme so far on today's show <laughs> we're working on a lot of nicknames um. Clemson. Clemson uh, beats Wake Forest in double overtime. Incredible game. So this is our Ryan Bucks the World game of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... uh, Shout out, Smitty. By (laughs) kickoff, there were a couple games where it was clearly sharp action coming in on one side. Uh, 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 Minnesota was one of those games. And that was the other game I picked. One of the other games was uh, sharp money coming in uh, on uh, Clemson. So Clemson yeah. actually ticked up to seven and a half. I forget, right. I forget whether it was the day before or on game day, but they went up to and and you can tell a lot when a number goes through a key number of three or seven on like a Friday or Saturday. That's very impactful. Mm. We saw the same thing happen uh, with uh, uh, excuse me uh, Washington when they played yep. Michigan City a couple weeks ago. People were questioning. They go, "Oh my gosh, I understand Washington being a three point favorite, but it ticks up to three and a half." You know, right. so there was some sharp money on Washington that game. Same thing here. For it to go to seven, it's one thing. Seven and a half on the road. So there was sharp money on Clemson and sharp a, lot, cheddar. a lot of sharp cheddar on Clemson. Me and Will were on them. <laughs> Ryan, though, Ryan bucking the world. So, uh, Ryan, congratulations. The, the one who has no idea what he's doing. Hey, hey, I, I, hey. I, I literally just pick teams that, like, I listen to your guys' breakdowns. I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. Okay, we'll take that one. Hey, no, listen, you got to take <laughs> let your you wins. guys do all the hard work. You got to take your laps when you get it. You got to take your wins. Agree. And, uh, and yeah. it was a great win. And look, it sucks for Wake Forest that they couldn't actually get the win because. You know, they especially in the, in the third ball. quarter, Clemson jumped out to a to a like fast fourteen nothing start, and then Wake Forest started bringing it back. They scored twenty one points in the third quarter. Um, Sam Hartman was playing out of his mind. By the way, so was DJ Uyungle. Like he had a five touchdown game. Um, and so, you know, this was just a, a complete battle. And by the end, I, I felt like, you know, Clemson wasn't going to cover anyway. And part of me was just rooting for Wake Forest because, you know, they're the underdog. They never beat Clemson. And to have them at home and to lose, you know, in overtime, like a double overtime like that was really tough. But, I mean, what a game. Well, that certainly yeah, wasn't the case for me. I, I had a live bet on them. So uh, just, just <laughs> right. a, a money line. They, they got all the way down to minus 130 at one point. Oh, so. wow. Well, well, I, actually, that's where I got them. They, they probably got plus money because they were down there for a little bit in the, in the end. But I got right. 130. So I was actually pulling for him to win at the end, thank God. But um, uh, Ryan, what, what were you going to say? Oh, I was I was just going to say like they they definitely showed a, a lot of resiliency. You know, there was a couple times during that game where they're you know down a couple scores, 
10, 14 points and they kept fighting. And, and yeah, just like Will said, it was just a, just a really good game. I was, I was going for wake as well. Just, uh, you know, the underdog, uh, aspect of it, but, uh, yeah, it was a really fun game to watch. Okay. So let's recap the handicap, by the way, I didn't just, I was going somewhere with that. And then I, I interrupted Ryan. So I wanted to throw <laughs> it back to him, but I wasn't just, just, just going to say about my live bet that no one wants to hear that. But my, my point there, it was getting to, uh, let's talk about my handicap, which was, Wake Forest wouldn't be able to keep up because Sam Hartman, when he can't run, he's not as effective. Like maybe we need to rethink that. Maybe this offense is adjusted to that very fact. It's not. I always say that it's like it's not like these coaches don't see the same things we do, right? So I had assumed like because of that, Clemson would have an advantage with the defensive line. Maybe Wake Forest does have the kind of offense where Sam Hartman could stay in the pocket, be effective, and be that really top twenty, top fifteen efficient oh, yeah. passer if he just throws him a pocket. So. Um, he was incredible. Yeah, he put, so, I mean, he especially in like the, he had some throws there late in the game. There was one where he like stepped up in the pocket and threw an absolute dime to the end zone. That that was to take the lead at one point late in the game. Like uh, he was he was playing out of his mind. And <clears throat> you're totally right because my my breakdown was like Clemson's defense is going to be too good. They're going to keep Wake Forest off the board, and I couldn't have been more wrong about that. Uh, well, so, well, Cle- just Clemson also. Clemson's also, you know, down a bunch of corners. I know during the broadcast that they, they said it, they had a couple freshmen playing, but also give credit to, uh, I think it's number 80 and number nine for Wake Forest. I'm sorry that I don't have their names, but they got a couple stud wide receivers uh, at Wake Forest. Definitely. Uh, last takeaway from here. Uh, w- w- when you're betting these games. Banks is the uh, wide receiver, by the way. Banksy. Banks. Um, <laughs> when, when, when we're breaking down these games and handicapping these games for everyone out there, it really helps to pay attention to, to local outlets, local newspapers, local websites, Twitter, yep. Instagram, things like that. Something that I missed this week that I don't know if it was very prevalent. I don't know if it was something a lot of people talked about. I don't know if it was in these Clemson outlets. And it was it was in the postgame press conference. And it actually, or not the postgame press conference, the postgame interview right after the game. And there's where you're going to get a lot of the truth right in these answers and learn a lot about things because the press conference they have a chance to sit down talk to the publicist talk to the everyone kind of take a deep breath right after the game you get a lot of truth and Dabo Sweeney went on and on about how this week was uh so tough for him and they had a couple of players go through some personal family things and he mentioned that right after I don't know if that was brought up before the so Again, like I, I don't mean to make light of serious issues, but the point there is if you have a pulse on what's going on, which I didn't at all, and I'm not making an excuse for the handicap at, at all, but it's just a little nugget that I made for sure to make note of that if we would have known that, do we still bet Clemson? Probably based on my handicap, but maybe not if we know that there's turmoil, maybe distractions. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ryan, I think one of the cornerbacks you mentioned was actually ruled out with an illness the day of the game, yeah. wasn't that? The, so, so these things, these things happen quickly. So, keeping your pulse on what's going on locally, I think is really important for handicapping these games. Oh, absolutely, man! Especially in college, where we know there's so much variance. Like losing one play, one one star player could be, you know, have, have a huge effect on the game. But either, I mean, either way, that was just a fun game to watch and a super entertaining one. Um, 90, 96 total points scored in that game, just wow. incredible. Wow. Um, speaking of games that had a lot of high scoring, uh, listen, you know, my picks were five and seven this week. They weren't great. I'm still above five hundred. Yes, but you I are, pool baby. I, I want everyone to know that. I I take back my pick of giving out over 70 in the USC Oregon State game. <laughs> the, the final the final score, I mean immediately I knew I was in trouble in that game. Like uh, it was 0-0 at the end of the first quarter 
and I was like, man, I feel like a like a genius. Uh, USC does win uh, 17-14, but I mean, for a 70-point total for, for that score to go so low, <laughs> the more the game went on, the dumber I felt. And, uh, and uh, I joke, I mean, I actually don't take it back. I always stand by my picks, but that was, you know, that was a rough one. I missed it by, you know, roughly 40-something points as far as that total goes. So, uh, but... Uh, Tyler gave out Oregon State. Oregon State covers. They almost win that game, honestly. That and that was that was the Pac-12 after dark game. Not a lot of people were were still awake for that, but uh, was a really entertaining game. And uh, Southern Cal gets the win and keeps their playoff hopes um, alive. But Oregon State, you know, really showed a lot of fight, uh, especially defensively. Yeah, uh, you know, in, in terms of my breakdown of that game, it was a it, really impressive to see both those defenses. Because let's not kid ourselves. Uh, USC and Oregon State efficiency this year, it's been great. I mean, everyone knows about USC, but Oregon State's had some big wins against some real uh, tough teams that, you know, a lot of people may not put in the category of like elite Class A wins, but both these offenses are really good. So what what I took away that from that game was the defense. I thought, you know, we may get around. <laughs> There's a reason it was 70, you know. Uh, it wasn't that far off. A lot of people expected to see points in this game, and I did too. I thought both offenses would score. I didn't see a 17-14 game. And so obviously the lower the scoring, I'd, I'd prefer to have the points like I did. But... um you know, part of the breakdown too was Oregon State's run on the football, and they can yep. run. These the, the Pac-12 is not horrible. I know they get this bad no. rap, and the bottom is really bad, but maybe the top could be a little better than we think. I'm not so sure. Yeah, and well, if USC loses that game, the Pac-12 is officially dead. I know that Washington yeah. is undefeated, and they're highly ranked, uh, and I guess maybe they're still alive. But you know, USC is the brand, and unfortunately, in college football, like that's what you need if you're going to make. A college football playoff. If it's coming down to you or a one-loss SEC team, you better have a big brand. Well, and those, uh, in order to get that nudge from the committee, and those SEC defenses are going to be a lot better than Oregon State. And I want to clarify oh, something yeah. too. I know that I just said the Pac-12 is better than people think because I do think overall it is. But I put my rankings out on our uh, social media last week, and I put the top twenty with the actual power ratings by the teams. I only have one team in the Pac-12 in the top fifteen, and and there, it's Utah at sixteen. Okay, so right. it's not let's not go crazy here with my love of the Pac-12. The rankings say it all, but I do think in general the Pac-12 is an, is underrated. Yeah, I mean you're right. I mean, look, they're just not as bad as the rap they get. That's really what it is. Everyone dogs on them, and it's because it, it's for good reason. They they haven't uh, they've had like one team make the playoff in the last like five years or whatever. They've had a lot of down years, but it's never as bad as people talk about it. But. Right. Um, you know, either way, it was a great game. Uh, Oklahoma loses to Kansas State at home. So the Sooners go down. Uh, what a great game played by Kansas State. I mean, they were all over the place. Like, Adrian Martinez was incredible. I mean, that was like maybe his best his best game he's played in his entire college career. Uh, Deuce Vaughn was great. Like, the Kansas State defense was flying around. What a game and, and a tough loss at home. I think the first home loss that Oklahoma has had in like 20-something games so that's that's rough for the Sooners. Yeah, not good at all. Um, what, what? Fire Venables. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing uh, and going, baby. Um, Kansas State, yeah. though. Kansas State, you know, let's give them. They look good. Yeah. They did. They look really good. Um, you know, I, I think Taylor Martinez just changes that offense, and he's, he's for sure. I mean, last week he played terrible, and they lost to – uh, Tulane. So he's never, he's not a model of consistency. He's, he's going to be one of these guys where he has these huge games and the next week he plays like shit or whatever. But um, they, they could be in the mix, honestly, for the big 12 championship, honestly, uh, yeah. come, come into the year and, and a win against Oklahoma helps a lot in that. Um, 
Arkan- the Arkansas A&M game. Wow. What a great game. Um, the Hogs. Wow, what a great audience. Wow. wow. What, what a great audience. Uh, the, <laughs> the field goal gets doinked at the end for the Hogs to win off the, not just off the posts, but off the very top. Which I you don't yeah, see. I've very never often. seen yeah. that. Yeah. It literally hit the point on the top <laughs> and bounced off. So you know, tough loss for Arkansas. Huge win for A and M. They need that. Jimbo Fisher needed that win. Um, and you know, this one was just a defensive battle. Um, KJ Jefferson played great, but it just wasn't enough ultimately. And then you had that crazy score from A and M, where you know you had the fumble on the goal line by Arkansas. An A and M player grabs it, and then he's getting held oh, up. Yeah. The, the, the whistle is about to go off, and he hands it off to a teammate who Classic. runs it all the way back. I love that stuff. The pitch, yeah, oh, that yeah, just only yeah. happens in. That, you only see that in college. You'll yeah. never see a play yeah. like that in the NFL. No, it was awesome. Uh, a lot of money I, I, shifting hands too. Uh, what's that, Ryan? I, I was just about to say. I think Ed Reed did that one time. Maybe it was still in college though. I can't remember <laughs> if it was for the Ravens, but yeah, he took it from some big fat defensive tackle and, <laughs> and ran it to the house. Uh, Just the, an incredible the, game. The final, well, uh, Arkansas had actually moved to a pick and so there was a lot of money that changed hands based on that result. If they would have hit that, it would And they been. were dominating early before that well, before that fumble game. Like, it was about to be 21-7, and instead it, it goes back and it's 14-14. The live line when I was watching it got up to 18-and-a-half. Wow. Arkansas minus 18-and-a-half, so you could have got... Nice little juicy middle there with a RIP to that guy. RIP to that guy who took Arkansas live, you know, <laughs> minus, <laughs> minus 14 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a rough one. RIP but, I mean, to a great someone game. else too. I saw, I saw someone on the Twitter post, uh, the classic, you know, the money line parlay where you take like 15 favorites and this, this, this dude puts 700 doing like two grand and, uh, uh, Texas ended up losing, and I think he had. Uh, I'm not sure what other one, but yeah, it did. Of course, it didn't hit. It's not usually well, a great idea. There's one or two that always lose. I'm glad you brought that up because we gave out our parlays. And Tyler, if if Arkansas wins, yours hit. Your first parlay you give out would have hit. Well, if Arkansas no, just wins. Remember, I gave out Arkansas initially, and then I switched it after in post because I didn't like that pick. But the pick I switched it to lost anyway. The three I gave oh, out. What was the three I gave out were. Uh, uh, Baylor money line. Baylor, James Madison. James Madison. Which James Madison Duke was like dogs. plus 225, plus 250. And then I ended up giving out uh, Vautech. Oh, I switched yeah. Arkansas to, to Virginia Tech. So, so real quick, I, I actually no, both made, lost, so. I, I, I made that parlay, but I didn't realize that uh, Virginia Tech played on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get Vautech in that parlay, but I did get Baylor and James Madison. So I won a couple shekels off of that's that That's what I'm talking about. Nice. Good. At least somebody <laughs> did. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's uh, a big one. And James I Madison. gave out my my perfect square parlay and went 0 for 4. So we're back. <laughs> we're, we're officially back. <laughs> but to, to make you guys feel better, my 11 <laughs> Like parlay didn't hit surprisingly. So. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, um, uh, records yeah. though. I'm a 16 and nine overall for the season now. Yeah, your picks are hot again. Oh, you only had one. You had one losing week, and it was two and three. And every other week has been a winner. Your picks are hot. I'm still above 500, which I, at this point I'll take. Um, and yeah, my my perfect square parlay was bad. Um, but we're gonna we're this is it's a grind. You, you, it's not a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, and you just gotta hang with me. And I promise it's coming through at some point. But hey, in a parlay, you lose one, it's done anyway. So I'd rather go and four. You bounce back four no next week. Just balance it out. There you go. You're right. Going on yeah. four is better than going three. That's out of why because then it's that's why yes. I'd rather lose the Virginia Tech game where you know it's over at halftime <laughs> compared to losing on a last second field goal that hits the post. That that hurts. 
That's a that very good point. Hurts. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd always Tennessee. rather just get killed. That's always better. <laughs> <laughs> I, they are. It's easier to sleep when you get your ass oh, kicked than when yeah, you lose. Yeah, you turn by it one. off. You start getting over it early. Oh, it's the it's yep. the ones that linger, and you're in there, and you got a chance Lingerers. to win, and you should win. Oh, <laughs> to linger, yeah, linger, <laughs> fucking linger. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee finally takes down Florida at home. It got a little scary at the end. They didn't cover. Um, you know, uh, Florida got a a garbage time hey. touchdown to get to get the cover, and then back door is always they open get the onside Will. kick. Huh? Back door is always open with Will. <laughs> the back door is always open, as is the transfer portal. Uh, same thing. Yeah, they uh, beat me to it. Big big win for for Josh Heupel to finally get you know that that monkey off his back uh, in Florida in a big rivalry game. Uh, Nayland Stadium was bumping; it looked awesome. I have to see a game there. Uh, but what a great game played by Hendon Hooker! And you know, Florida to me is not like as much as we talk. I mean, Anthony Richardson's athletic ability is incredible, but like he has so many passes that are off by a mile. Like if Florida had an accurate quarterback, they they'd probably be four and zero right now. They'd be undefeated. Yeah, that's that's why I I you know said what I said last week on the breakdown. He's literally one of the least accurate passers in college football. Yeah, and yeah. we said that before the game. It's last really bad. Week. It's only gotten worse. Uh, Will, when we go to Neyland Stadium eventually, yes. Um, what I did. Wait, re- I, what am I? Chop liver? No, no. Of course, I'm just <laughs> I'm just addressing Will because. <laughs> Because he's the one who brought it up. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're the we're the the uh, traveling band for the, the stadiums, gruesome threesome. The gruesome threesome, exactly. Uh, what one thing I didn't learn, or what that I didn't realize before that I learned by watching the college game day is when we go, we have to do this whole like band on the lake thing. Did you see this? You seen this? Heard yeah. about this? Well, that's that, I talked about that in the breakdown. Like people tailgate on, oh, on see, the river. I, I don't listen to you sometimes. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we need to do that. <laughs> we I totally to, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Now I need Knox, to bring sunscreen. Knoxville just looks amazing. I, I burn easily, right? I need my sunscreen there. Uh, yep. Ryan, Ryan has to, to wear shoes. Ryan, Ryan can't. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring my I'll bring my water shoes. <laughs> I need to wear shoes. Yeah. So, so, so Walji, you you have this like grand idea, but you know it's just going to be us three on like a paddle board with like a George Foreman grill. Like, <laughs> no, no. What, what we need to do is we need to put out the we need to 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 put the flags out there. We need to get all of our Knoxville listeners to to invite us to a tailgate. That's yes. what needs to happen. Clearly. Yeah, we just need so we, we need we need some Tennessee listeners to to bring us to our tailgate with the understanding that we're going to eat your food, we're going to drink your drinks, we're going to be <laughs> respectful, but we're going to be idiots. See, that's exactly how Will backdoors his way right in there. I'm telling you, yeah. backdoor the master. That's what you do. But Will, it's uh, you're going to have the backdoors as much as you have the the lucky wins or the lucky lo- wins and lucky losses, right? The close losses. Amen. Uh, close wins. I'll so celebrate it. it. Exactly. It's 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 I'll, a dub. I'll and take the Florida actually, plus ten and a half. If we're being honest here, they got the ball back and had a hail mary chance at the end of the game. So it's not like they scored with the second left. You know, For they, sure. they and they play. There's a reason why we bet on sixty minutes, not fifty seven minutes. Like the, these last points matter. They they do matter. So, um, yeah. you know who wishes they could have played a fifty seven minute game, Tyler? Uh oh. The Texas Longhorns, who are not back. They no. lose to Texas Tech. Texas Tech gets a game-winning field goal at the end. Um, you know, great game from from Texas Tech. Um, I, you know, I still I can't wait. I know that Quinn Ewers is progressing. He even suited up for the game against Texas Tech, but he's not playing yet. He could play next weekend. But they need him because Hudson Card was was solid. But I mean, Texas Tech was incredible. Uh, their their quarterback uh, Smith. I don't remember his first name. Um, he played out of his mind. Like. 
you know, I think that that Joey McGuire is the new head coach of Texas Tech. Is I'm going to start calling him there. Jerry McGuire. And for Jerry McGuire, for all, for show all me the, the money. Exactly. Show me the money. All the kids out show there, that, just go watch. We got uh, a nickname for him now. He's <laughs> he's Jerry McGuire, and he's show me the money. And Tech was incredible in that game at home. They upset Texas, which is like, you know, that's like winning a national championship for Tech if you if you beat Texas. And so, um, just a great win for them, and and was a really good game. And I still think. Don't count Texas out for for the Big Twelve championship, especially if Quinn Ewers comes back. But they got things they need to clean up for sure. I'm uh, upset that I didn't make that a bet board game. If you remember, I almost did. I was definitely leaning Tech. The only reason I didn't, and I got my notes right here, it's because Texas was was really good defensively, 18th in defensive FEI going into that game, and I thought they'd really be able to slow down Tech's rush. And remember, a couple weeks ago, Texas Tech outgained uh, North Carolina State, who's a very very good team. I th- I mean. Most people have been in the top 15, uh, 350 yep. to 270, right? They just wow. lost the turnover margin by three. So Texas yep. Tech is a good team, a little overlooked. And that's the one, that's my one regret this week, not taking them on the board. That's his one regret, that and the getting gasoline all over his hands. Um, Auburn, if you want to talk about Smell regrets. Smell is good. Smell update, we're, we're, we're looking good. We're smelling okay. The Auburn Board of Regents may be more upset at at the Missouri uh, running back who fumbled the ball to the end zone in overtime. Oh, that was brutal. Brian Harson is now 3-1, and, and, and they can't fire him for losing to Missouri when <laughs> they definitely should have. Missouri, first of all, missed a game-winning field goal at the end, like a chip shot went, went wide. And then in overtime, uh, Missouri's down three, and the running back is about to score a touchdown, and he and he like fumbles the ball as he's going to cross the line. Mm. Auburn gets the win. Brian Harson keeps his job, and you know that every Auburn Board of Regents person watching that game just went ah, <laughs> right. That <laughs> just is brutal. Tough. That is one of the bad beats you'll have all year. That's a bad beat. That's a bad and beat. then. The last game I wanted to touch on is Kansas is 4-0. They take down Duke. Um, rock chalk, I, baby. Rock chalk. Jalen uh, Daniels is amazing. I don't know where he transferred from. I know he transferred from somewhere. Um, four touchdowns. Like, that dude was – was he had – he was 19 for 23 for 324 yards and four touchdowns. Like that guy's incredible. Yeah. Uh, great game. I, do you th- I couldn't tell based on watching all the broadcasts. Were those two basketball schools – no one made any comment about those two be- uh, being <laughs> Oh, my God. Talk, talk about beating a dead horse. No Holy no crap. Yes. Like, yeah, we and it, like the, it was so annoying because they kept showing like all the records. They were like, Indiana's doing good. And this team, it's like no one cares. <laughs> I know. And another thing that ESPN kept doing throughout the day, which I know for a fact 99% of college football fans did not appreciate, is they kept cutting to Aaron a, Yankees, a yes. Yankees game. Yeah, to watch Aaron Judge. Like, yeah, that was... one thing that real cultural fans never want to see. It's for you to, to make the, the football game screen smaller so we can see a boring pitch where he doesn't even hit a home run. Yeah, well, it, it that, that's the other thing. Like, if you're going to do it, go all in. Give me a full screen of something. Like, don't yeah, give more. Don't, right. don't, don't like, give me ten inches. I got a seventy-inch TV for a reason. I don't need to watch two squares that are five inches wide. Just know your demographic. Like <laughs> in the middle, in the middle of a Florida-Tennessee game, the people watching that especially do not want to hear about a New York Yankee. Like, like in the middle of their game. Like that was that was so dumb from ESPN. Yeah, I hated it. So well, well, you, you know it. what? If if there's anything that I know is that uh, you know the good people of of Lawrence, Kansas, really are huge Yankees fans. <laughs> No doubt. Yep. College football fans who are diehard, you know, Southerners for the most part, they love the New York Yankees. It's just and, ESPN and, and, being ESPN, wanting you to go to their other yes. channel. Yeah. Because it was just on ESPN. Terrible. Yeah. Um, so I, one thing I wanted to touch on, one game I wanted to touch on is, Will, uh, on Wednesday's show, you asked Tyler, um, 
why you wouldn't take Vandy at plus 40 and a half. And the answer is because they lose 55 to three. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I stand by the pick still. Um, Clark Lee is building the greatest program in, in the country currently. Are they there yet? No, but what, can they be 52 points better next year? We'll find out. I mean, it was rough. I was, I wasn't actually watching that game because, you know, I got my multi-screens and they were just higher priority games, but I was checking the score. And at first I was like, maybe Vandy's going to cover here. I'm going to look real smart. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't. And so you're right. I mean, should I give out picks? So uh, haphazardly, I don't know, but um, that was a rough one. And I'm sorry for all the Vandy faithful out there, you know, that you couldn't, you couldn't compete a little better with Alabama. The Sabinator. The Savinator. Yeah. Um, any other games you guys wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I think that's. Uh, I think that's I, it. I know we got a hard out in uh, in seven minutes. Um, no. Smitty's Smitty's got to run to the dermatologist to get his feet checked out. So <laughs> I got I got I got a pedicure at ten. <laughs> I got nothing. Also, I'm ready. <laughs> gotta go see my ladies. We got some good games coming up this week, so I'm ready for. Uh, gotta get ready for Wednesday. And I, there's yes. no there's no football. No no English football. Which so means, Tyler's uh, picks are going to be sharp again. That's yeah, what he's saying because he's extra, not committing as much time to to betting on the blokes. Exactly. I had some extra time to focus on uh, some college. So let's go. Getting ready for. All Wednesday. right. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be back in the studio Wednesday for uh, for week five. But thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at cfb underscore pod. Follow us on Instagram at culture ball tailgates. Thank you for listening. We'll see you Wednesday. Peace.